Good morning. It's seven minutes after the hour. Bill English is in studio from BibleandBusiness.com. Bill, you haven't been around for three weeks. Where have you been? I have been wandering to and fro okay. on the earth. Uh, sounds a little iffy to me. <clears throat> well, that's what, you know, Satan said to God in Job <laughs> 1, right? <laughs> yeah, he did. You'll just leave it alone. I'm just not I, touching that one. I shouldn't one. have gone there. I'm sorry. All right. That uh, debt number I said at the top of the hour yeah. was enormous. It's enormous. big. And a lot of people have some personal debt that they don't know quite how they got there. And yep. It probably had to do with uh, uh, spending a lot of money that they didn't have, or maybe they came into a, a medical issue that just took them to the cleaners, and that happens quite often. It does. Medical has risen uh, in recent years by 57%, the mm-hmm. cost of medical services, whereas uh, the average median income has only gone up 28%. So there are uh, legitimate reasons why people go into debt for medical, and that's the same for food. Believe it or not, food has gone up 36% in that same time period. And, uh, uh, again, income has only gone up 28%. So that's since 2003, according to nerdwallet.com. Mm-hmm. I'm on that website, actually. So, yeah. Yeah, well, you said that was impressive. I, like I, that. I am impressed that you yeah. go to nerdwallet. I'm glad I impressed you. Yeah, well, thank you. So I want to start with a caller that uh, said, is there any situation that would warrant tapping my retirement pension? He's well, displaced worker. He's yeah. on SSDI. He's almost 60. And uh, bankruptcy lawyer says uh, if he walks away because he's judgment proof and he does have a mortgage. He does have a mortgage. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the details of that. What I would say in principle is that if you if it comes down to it and you're checking into the last resort mm-hmm. here in town, uh it's better to spend your own money than it is to spend somebody else's money and owe them. Mm-hmm. And so it would just seem to me that if you can tap into your 401k or your retirement pension, especially if it's at a lower rate than what you can get out on the market, that that probably would be the thing to do. What happens when you when you do that? Do you end up paying a penalty and taxes right away, right up front? It depends on the program. There okay. we'd have to talk to a financial planner okay. to find out. I don't know the ins and outs of that. Mm-hmm. If there is a, like a 10% uh, penalty for doing that, then you probably don't want to tap into that money. Uh, you might It might be better just to go borrow some money uh, somewhere else. Uh, but what you're after is the lowest interest rate and are you paying yourself back or are you paying somebody else back? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I've i known people who have who have been very, very desperate for money, and so they took out a loan against their 401K. Mm. Well, that's their money to begin with. There wasn't a 10% penalty. It was like a, a 5 or 6% interest rate, which isn't too bad. And so uh, that's what they did because at least then they only owed themselves, and they didn't owe a bank or somebody else. Mm-hmm. When you start to get upside down financially, what are some of the steps you should uh, instantly start looking at taking? You know, the first thing to do is stop the bleeding. Okay. So you've got to get to a place where you're not uh, spending more than what you're bringing in. And if you're unemployed, that's a real, real difficult place to be. Uh, So uh, you may have to change careers. You may have to go get a different job. Uh, I have been in a place where I thought about becoming a truck driver Mm -hmm. because truck drivers make serious money. Yeah, they do. You can make eighty to a hundred thousand a year driving a driving a semi. Mm -hmm. So uh, and there's there's a shortage of them. Uh, We're over a quarter million short on truck drivers Mm -hmm. nationally. Mm -hmm. So you know you look for things like that and can I do that? Yeah, okay, well go do it. 
And uh, what, what, what you can't do is to say, well, this is what I do. I do, uh, I paint walls blue. And yeah, there's a lot of work out there where I could paint walls green, but that's not what I do. I paint walls blue. Mm-hmm. And so if I can't find a job where I'm painting walls blue, then I guess I'm unemployed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't take that attitude. Uh, you have to take the attitude. You're going to go out and get whatever work you can. Mm-hmm. All right. So if we are looking at our credit card debt and what is a wise thing to do with that? Should we try to keep transferring it to the next offer that comes in that says 0% for the next eight months? Yeah. My what underst- do we do? Yeah. Again, I'm not an expert here on how uh, the credit scores are okay. calculated, but mm-hmm. I do know that if they see large balance transfers consistently over a period of years, that that lowers your credit score. Mm-hmm. And so you probably don't want to do that. Instead, you want to just look at making those more than the minimum payment every month and knocking that thing down. The big thing is don't use the cards again unless you're absolutely forced to. Uh, you know, this whole nation is built on debt, which mm-hmm. is not a good thing. We're not built on investments. We're built on debt. And uh, the, the entire economy is structured to get you into debt. And I think that's in part from a spiritual perspective because Satan wants us in debt. He wants us to be servants to the lenders. He wants us to be unavailable and impotent for the kingdom of God because of all of our debt. Mm-hmm. You know, when we have a lot of debt, like you said, when you set this up, uh, we're a lot of times we're not able to tithe. I think the reason that most uh, Christians only tithe about two and a half percent, maybe three percent of their income is because they have so much blooming debt. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the the one sin of debt over here leads to another sin of not tithing. Mm-hmm. If a, if a Christian couple is going out and they're looking at buying a house and they're talking to their realtor about uh, how much they have available for a mortgage payment. Do you think the average Christian couple has already factored in how much money they're they're giving away? Or do you think that they're... The average Christian couple? Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, the uh, the ones who walk with the Lord, yeah. Okay. And I'm sorry to be so blunt about okay. that. But um, the average Christian couple, no, I don't think they factor that in. So again, let's go back to the 80-10-10. 10% tithe, 10% savings, live on 80%, mm-hmm. frankly, live on 70% and give yourself another 10% cushion. So uh, just because, now here's here's some of the thinking. Well, if you can't afford a $400,000 house, then you ought to get it because it's the right investment, mm-hmm. right? Uh, from my perspective, it's, it's more of a cash flow issue. Just because I can't afford a $400,000 home, and by the way, I can't, uh, but if I could, mm-hmm. doesn't mean I would buy it. Mm-hmm. Instead, what I should be doing is saying, what do I really need to live on in this community that God has placed me in, and how much can I generate in extra income to give away? Mm-hmm. If you have a, a question for Bill, uh, give us a call, one eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. If you have a question about your personal finances or debt, um, you know, we'll do our best to answer it. He will. And then uh, we'll, we'd love to hear from you. You can also email me, bill at myfaithradio.com. And if you can, uh, you can then ask your question quite anonymously, if you like, and we'll address it over uh, over our conversation here in the next uh, 10 minutes. But uh, pick up the phone now, one 933 2484 We invite you into this conversation. Be back in just a minute. Thanks so much for listening and welcome. Good morning. It's 16 minutes after the hour. We're talking to Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com. We're on always uh, a subject that is 
tough to talk about because it's personal debt. And, you know, we all have at one point or another maybe mismanaged some funds or we've bought stuff we didn't need or got stuff that we maybe should have not purchased. Right, Bill? Well, yeah, the average American has 16, almost 17,000 in credit card debts. The average That's amazing. Mortgage, the average mortgage is 182,000 now. Auto loans are at 30,000, just under that. Mm-hmm. Uh, student loans are at 50,000. That's one area where I think people can really cut. And uh, all debt combined, average American has 137,000 in debt on in total as a nation. 12 trillion, almost 13 trillion dollars in personal debt on top of the 20 trillion that the government owes on top of the 127 trillion of unfunded mandates hmm. that we have coming down the pike over the next 50 years. Give me some good news. Jesus is in charge yes. and he loves us and he will <laughs> provide for us. <laughs> that is so so very true. Um so finances yeah. are always something that uh people are very serious about they're very sensitive to it and are we doing a good job of um of sharing our resources with others or are we kind of keeping them to ourselves uh it's another question we have uh, if you uh, have a call i think uh, we've got a caller on the line is that right uh don is calling uh from manchester connecticut good morning don hey don good morning how are you thanks for calling you have a uh, question or comment for bill well, I was saying about credit card debt, debt consolidation, borrowing against your 401k. You know, your credit card debt is, interest is 10.5. You can borrow against your 401k, but they say you pay yourself back. I think it's either 3 or 5%. Uh, but obviously the market is going strong right now. You're getting about 13% on your money to 17%. Is that smart to borrow I know the numbers aren't there, but they're all they can hold there. Should you borrow against your 401k? Yeah, so, and, and the context of that discussion that we had in the last segment was, if you have no income and you have no other assets, do you go after your retirement monies? In other words, it's not, your, it's not the first resort you're checking into, it's the last one. And yeah, I think in that situation, you have no income, you, you don't have any other assets that, that you can tap. Before you borrow from somebody else, you borrow from yourself. The fact that you're losing on the investment aspect is less important to me personally, uh, from my perspective, than it is to not be borrowing from somebody else. That's what I was thinking. I was going back and forth. Should I do it? Should I not? I'm going through the stations and the S comes on. I'm like, i got to find out. Mm, yeah. Look, uh, there's, there's a number of people listening right now who do not have work or they are underemployed and they are every month their income is not meeting their expenses. So, you know, the idea is here we have to simply figure out a way to get our expenses down and get our income up. It's not rocket science, but it's not easy to do either. Mm-hmm. Don, thank you so much for calling. Love, uh, love the fact you. that you're calling from Manchester, Connecticut, too. Big fan of Manchester. All right. You guys have a good day. All right, Don. Thanks so much. Thanks, Don. Another caller, Joanne, said, uh, do we tithe on gross income? I've always heard, uh, even in hard times, and I've seen great blessing. Isn't the biblical concept of giving of the first fruits? Yeah, that that is a debate that is never going to be settled in this country. Uh, 
I don't have a strong opinion about whether you tithe on gross or net. I think the larger issue is, do you tithe and are you faithful with the tithing that you do? Mm-hmm. I personally tithe on net. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I give to Caesar who's Caesar's, give to God's what is God. Caesar takes his part first. I'm, I've got a certain amount left. Mm-hmm. I tend to tithe on the net part. Uh, having said that, I don't think there's anything uh, in the Bible that speaks to it either way. So I think it's up to you, uh, mm-hmm. a choice between you and God. So you think that that debate will always uh, always be with us, won't it? It will be. Yeah. yeah, as long as we have an income tax structure. Yeah. So if uh, now Don, when he called from Connecticut, he was uh, he he didn't sound like he was at his last resort. Um, and if you are at last resort, um, start off by praying. <laughs> Yeah. Start off by uh, reaching out to people that you can uh, possibly employ you. I mean, I think we get more isolated the more desperate we get. Uh, we get people stay at home. They don't go out. They don't connect to people. Uh, I think the opposite needs to happen. We need to get on our knees and pray, and we need to get out and connect with other people. We do, and and we need to go find work, and we need to really hustle hard. Yes, harder than ever. Hard to find work, and networking is how you find that work usually. And uh, networking can be a full-time job, getting mm-hmm. out and network. And it's tough to do. Look, I've been there. I've been in a place where, you know, I don't have any income. And, mm-hmm. and what am I doing? I'm out drinking coffee with this, with as many folks as I can, and I'm doing everything I can sure. to find new engagements. So, it, you know, it's it's a tough world. And you don't necessarily feel like you're on the top of your game when you're at a disadvantage. And that makes it difficult when you're outreaching and connecting. But when you're connected with God and you're walking with him, you will feel like God is going to provide at the right time. And it's not up to me to do the provision part. It's just up to me to do my part so that God can provide. Mm -hmm. So if you're in debt, uh, what would be the first baby step you would take that could you could do as early as this morning? Well, the happy news is that every day can be the first day of a new life okay. in Christ, right? Not only through the forgiveness of sins, but other things. So so two things I would say to answer that question. First of all, Second Chronicles 7.14 ties our success and prosperity in life to um, our personal holiness, and that's Bill English's Revised Standard Version interpretation. Mm. Say more uh, on that. Uh, well, it, it, it says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us no, our I'm sins. I'm sorry, that's, that's first, first John, John 1, 9. 9. <laughs> it's first first scripture verse I ever learned, so I know this one inside and out. Oh, uh, you know, just just trust me on this. Just go to sit and cry. Uh, for right. some reason, it's not coming to me. The point is, it's the last people phrase, which are called yes, by my name. Yes, thank you, thank you. Oh. Rebecca well, to the rescue. Re- yes, Rebecca to the rescue. She's More than once, producer. trust me. <laughs> My heavens. Look, but the last part of that is, and, and he will heal your land. So if you confess your sin, turn from your wicked ways, seek God's face, he'll do a number of things. But the last one is he'll heal your land. Heal your land is he's going to take care of the social and the economic problems in your country or in your life. Mm-hmm. And so uh, make sure that you're not living in sin. That's mm-hmm. the first thing. Second thing is... Get get your plan together on how you're going to live below your income. Mm -hmm. How do you get that? Now, Kathy and I, look, I don't make nearly as much as I used to make. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, uh, (laughs) believe it or not, um, there was one year where I paid in federal taxes what I made in an entire year. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I've had quite an income shift down, Mm -hmm. right? And so Kathy and I are starting to talk about, well, maybe we should unload this house Mm -hmm. and get something much smaller, much smaller uh, mortgage payments, so forth and so on. Nothing wrong with that. Not at all. 
And so uh, now we can't do that for another year, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's certainly a topic that Kathy and I are talking about. So figure out a way to lower your expenses and uh, and raise your income. So uh, I I like that. It's good thinking. (laughs) Lower your expenses, raise your income. Uh, Now, the gospel is for everybody. So when we think about and pray for the people who are really suffering in uh, Puerto Rico and all over where everything they have has been lost, uh, how do we bring that message of hope to them? You know, I, boy, you're you're really meandering into a topic. Uh, I know that is that is a, a sore point for me. The good um, news is there's a minute left, so okay, then I I'll, can blame time. I'll give you the I, five minute version. Okay, here. talk fast. <laughs> How's that? Talk fast. Uh, Christians in America ought to be known for our generosity, not for our wealth accumulation. Mm-hmm. I don't really give one horse's behind about how much you have in your 401k as much as I do about how much you're investing in the kingdom. And so uh, it just seems to me that some people, those who have wealth, ought to be divesting some of that wealth and giving it to the agencies that can help our brothers and sisters in Puerto Rico and other places around the world. Look, in 30 years, I'm going to be dead. And in 50 to 60 years, most of the people listening here will be dead. And none of this will matter. Mm -hmm. So why are we hoarding wealth? Why are we building wealth for ourselves? Let's give it away. God will provide our needs throughout our entire life. He's promised to do that. So why don't we take him up on that offer and become known as people who demonstrate love through generosity rather than people who have nice lake cabins if you're here in Minnesota or have good condos down in Florida if you're in Connecticut or someplace else. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but this is this is a sore point for me. I didn't know it was going to rally up yeah, so I'm bad. Yeah, I'm sorry about yeah, that. That's all right. But, yeah. Yeah. No, and there's nothing wrong with wealth. It's just No, there's nothing wrong with wealth. It's what you do with it. Right. And, it, and all of your wealth is owned by God. You're just a steward of it. It's not yours. It belongs to God. So go to God and find out what he wants you to do with all your wealth and then go do it. And chances are you're not building a home on Lake Minnetonka. Chances are you're not buying a cabin up north on, on, in Brainerd. Chances are you're not getting something in the Southamptons. Mm-hmm. You're starting to make me feel guilty that I bought that second villa in Tuscany. Oh, no, but you, get, but you let me have half of that, so that's okay. Yeah, I'll let you go there one <laughs> week out of the year. Bill, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for your passion. I love hearing uh, your passion because what you say is true. Uh, we'll, when we're on the streets of gold, we're not going to be talking about the money we had in our bank accounts we're on Earth. We're not going to talk about our 27-foot yacht. No, we're not. We're well, not. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So we'll look forward to our next conversation. We may right. continue this uh, personal debt uh, issue because it's a big one. So we'll talk to you next week. It's 27 minutes after the hour. We'll be back in just a minute.